Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. And today we will be covering the third episode of the first season of Supernatural, which is titled Wendigo. It is not it's titled not Wendigo. It's not titled Wendigo. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> it is called Dead, Dead in, the in the Water. Dead in the Water. Oh my god, why am I Do you want to re-record that? No, I don't. Because it's a good segue. It's a good segue into the fact that before we start talking about episode three, Dead in the Water... We have an update on episode two. We have an update on episode two. So um, if anyone listened to our episode about episode two, Wendigo, um, you would know that Jamie and I went off on a tangent about whether or not Wendigos eat things other than people and also do they slash do vampires shit. Um, we had a couple of questions, you know, <laughs> little questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I actually went and found, someone gave me as a gift, the like, uh, I don't know bestiary? if it's the bestiary or the bestiary, the official like supernatural one a couple of years back. So I went and looked up Wendigos and I can confirm uh, a Wendigo is created when a person who is lost or trapped in the wilderness resorts to eating human flesh, blah, 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 blah. They are afflicted with the desire to continue eating human flesh. Does not look like it mentions them eating anything else. So, so. it does seem a lot like they just sort of want to. Like it says, afflicted with the desire to continue eating human flesh. So I guess it's it like doesn't an say anything about being able to eat other things. Yeah. So I would assume because it doesn't say like you know they can only eat human flesh or they die. They're just basically giving into their desire to eat human flesh. They could totally eat other things. Yeah, like, they could be vegan if they wanted. He could live on mushrooms. He just chooses not to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've we've solved that mystery. Good for us. <laughs> anyway, for this episode's actual topic, episode three, Dead, Dead in, in the, the Water. Wa- not Wendigo. Not Wendigo. Jamie, what did you think? I feel like a broken record at this point, but just <laughs> the lighting direction of this episode it's like they've got a weird overlay filter on the entire thing. I was thinking this from the very first scene with the lake. And I'm like, it's the middle of the day. It looks weirdly dark. Like they've turned the contrast all the way up and the brightness all the yeah, way down. What's funny is I was watching it and I was like, oh, this episode's way brighter. I think Jamie will like this better. Like, I was like, yeah, it's so much brighter than the first two. This is way better. It's set during the middle of the day. Like there's a scene <laughs> of the park and it's meant to be the middle of the day. You know, the child's playing. And it's so dark. It's like, it looks like it's like, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock at night, not bloody the middle of the day, but it's clearly meant to be the middle of the day. The color is so desaturated and the contrast is so high up that it's like, it's very like gray. (laughs) So in like later seasons, like a way that they distinguish between like various locations, you know how I was saying when we did like your pre-thoughts, I was talking about how there's like hell and heaven and like purgatory. A lot of the way that they like distinguish between which location you're in is just like the color gradient. So if they're in like a particular place, it's like, oh, this place is the gray place. It's like, this place is the sepia toned place. This place is the bright place. And it's just like, that's literally how they distinguish between. So I feel like this is going to be a recurring problem that you have. You're looking at me like now, like you'd like to die. (laughs) I mean, if that's not my entire experience so far, then I don't know what is. I just found it really odd that in an episode where they probably could have gone, not like lighter on the aesthetic, but they could have chosen to really emphasize how much this is like it's meant to be like a happy place and like well like the whole episode is pretty well based around the two actual villains of the episode mm. who i would argue are the two dudes who killed who, hilda who killed, killed. 
Killed um, a kid. Sorry. Killed a kid, yeah. I find it really interesting that in this episode where the two villains are the two guys who killed a kid, part of the episode is like this sort of illusion that they were, you know, happy families, good people, honest yeah. community. Like he becomes the sheriff. I find it really interesting that in an episode where that's sort of one of the thematic takeaways from it, they didn't lean into sort of the illusion of this is, you know, a happy sunny town. They have no idea why the spirit would be haunting the waters and then sort of get darker as the episode went on. Like they start right out the gate. It's so dark. Last week you were talking about music cues and I was like, wow, I did not pay any attention to the music. So this week I paid attention to the music. And at the very start, when it's like the two like siblings that end up dying and like their dad who was one of the killers, their like whole intro is like this beautiful, like soft, like acoustic guitar. And it's like la la la. And there's like birds chirping. And I was like, wow, this is so pretty. And then like straight away, the brother like checks out his own sister. Did you notice that? No, I didn't know. She goes, the checking out she his... goes to the fridge to like get her bottle of water or whatever, and he's sitting there eating his cereal, and he like full on looks her up and down, and that's when he's like, I don't know about all these workouts, like guys don't like buff chicks, and I was like, bro, it was uncomfortable. I didn't clock that. I didn't. I didn't notice that. That's not something. Oh, I'd that noticed. was my my first note. Was is he checking out his sister with four question marks? And then underneath, lovely soft guitar. <laughs> See, because my second note was that the sound design is so cheesy, I can't take it seriously. <laughs> I would have no issues with this sound design in another show that's not trying to be taken seriously. But it's very clear this show is trying to take itself very seriously. And the sound cues they use are just very, very cheesy and, and the most generic thing I've ever goddamn heard. See, I feel like that's a part of the horror genre, though. Mm. Because, like, if you feel, if you think of, like, any horror movie or, like, campy horror tropes, that is part of it. And whether Supernatural likes it or not, it falls into that category pretty well of, like, this sort of tropey horror show. That's what it is. And it's funny because I don't think of Supernatural as horror because, like, as a general, like, a general blanket statement, I don't enjoy horror. But it, it, like, it is. It's horror. And, like, that's one of the tropes where it's, like, it's kind of cheesy. It's sort of not inevitable, but in this particular brand of horror, like, it's, yeah, it's kind of inevitable that it's going to come off a little bit. That, like, I'm not disagreeing with you there because I think it definitely, like, the actual category of the show falls into sort of the more campy sort of horror side of things. Yeah, especially when they, like, lean into the humour and, and stuff. And I think the sound design definitely reflects that. My issue is I don't think the people creating this show realise that what they've got that. is yeah. sort of a campy <laughs> horror show. I think they think it's just, like, a straight horror. Yeah. And it's like, but that's not that's, what you're producing. Yeah. For me, it's just this weird disconnect of, like, the sound design is more campy horror, but it's, like, the writing and the lighting and the aesthetic they're going for is clearly not. not. They're trying to take themselves very seriously. And it's, like, the sound design just sort of sticks out. It's, like, the one guy in the group project who actually knows what he was doing. Yeah. Like, he knew what the assignment was about. No one else (laughs) got the memo. But, like, he's doing a great job. It just doesn't fit with what everyone else is doing. Everyone else is taking it seriously, but the sound design doesn't really. Yeah, and that's one of the other things. Like, so many people, bear in mind this is the first season, so this becomes somewhat more pronounced throughout later seasons, but the only, like, television show fandom that I've ever been involved in 
who really specifically look at who wrote and directed each episode. Supernatural is the only one where it's like, well, this episode will be good because we know it's written by this person. Or we kind of anticipate this one will be bad because this is who it was written by. Like, and it might just be that I haven't been in the right other fandoms to know. But from my experience, nobody else <laughs> looks that closely at who has written something or directed something. Because nine times out of ten, you can pretty much predict what is going to happen or like the general gist of an episode just on who wrote it. Because so many people worked on it. And it's also like, yeah, lighting and editing comes into that as well. Like there's a specific scene in, uh, I think it is, I want to say season eight, where, I don't want to spoil it for you, but basically there's this scene where the lighting really Really dramatically changes and it's a very specific choice in lighting that they have made and if I'm remembering correctly like someone from the cast or crew made a tweet about paying attention to the lighting in that scene and it was like a choice that was made that clearly not everyone was on board with <laughs> and so it's this it's again this like matter of people within different aspects of the show, whether it's writer to writer or between writer and producer or between writer and director or between actor and fucking lighting, everybody had their own idea on what they were going for. And so it's this weird like mishmash of sometimes incredibly great by accident and a lot of the time confusing by accident. <laughs> so what you're saying is I'm dead on the money. It's a group project where not everyone Everyone's, is on the same page. Everyone got different memos. Everyone's yeah. doing slightly different group projects and mm -hmm. they're just sort of bringing them all together the night before. Like they haven't really coordinated anything. They're just all piling it into one Word document and submitting it to the lecturer and yeah. hoping that they pass. Yeah, it's like a, well, this will do. <laughs> like slap it out there. I do understand like the lighting choices and some of the other aspects are a bit you know confusing and a lot of it comes down to also like you know in this first season like uh dean's wearing a lot of jewelry and that was like a choice by jensen like he wanted him to have jewelry but then in later seasons like the jewelry just disappears it was a practicality case because it was a real issue when they were doing like fight scenes with like he had the necklace that would swing up and hit him in the face all the time and so it would hit him in the teeth with like the heavy metal you know and so that was a problem and it's probably also like a continuity issue in terms of editing, if he does multiple yeah. takes of the same scene and then they have to stitch together scenes, but that the necklace is sitting differently. Not even that, but like, you know, all the rings and the, and yeah. the like bracelets and stuff. Yeah, it becomes if, a... If anything is sit sitting differently, then it's really obvious how they've stitched mm. the scene together versus um, no jewellery and just Makes sort it of easier. regular yeah. clothing they have to ensure continuity on. Yeah, and that's, I think I mentioned last week as well, like they wanted him to have like tattoos and stuff, mm. but they just didn't have the budget and they would have to have reapplied them all the time. Uh, anyway, I had a quick question. How do people swim without goggles? I don't know. I don't swim. I don't understand it because you see it all the time in movies and TV. Like, they just go swimming. And I'm like, I get that goggles are not aesthetically pleasing. Like, no one puts on goggles and is like, damn, I look hot right now. But also, I don't know how they do it. Like, some people, like, have their eyes open under the water. I'm like, are you fucking insane? How are you not in so much pain? Like, you think it's bad enough when you're in the shower and you get a bit of water in your eye. Not even, like, shampoo. Just water. It, like, fucks you up. But then, like, you're going to go in the ocean or in a lake which just has God knows what in it. Like, in this instance, a dead body, as well as probably, like, fish and stuff. And you're just, like, got your eyes fucking open, just swimming through there. Like, I don't understand. I, look, 
I am actually a certified scuba diver, so I have quite a lot of experience swimming in the ocean. <laughs> but you will never catch me fully swimming in the ocean without goggles on. Yeah. It's one thing to walk in the ocean without goggles on, but it's another yeah. thing to actually go swimming. And like, I get she's in a lake, which is yeah. like, it's not salt water, I, no. but it's also like silty gross and gross still. <laughs> like, it's not filtered. It's not like she's swimming in pure tap. Like, no. she's swimming in a wild pond, essentially. Yeah. It just it bothered me. Did you have any other notes from like the start? the episode i did have but i think i'll leave that for later that's that that's a later later concern that i have and that's not really what we're talking about now because we're talking about the setup for the monster in the lake yeah which was uh, it was adequate there was nothing wrong except for apparently he checks out his sister which i didn't clock yeah i was was like eh. to be fair i have not been sleeping very well so i may have just not been like completely understanding it probably but it just i don't know it just he looked like he gave her the up and down and i was kind of like bro that's weird that's weird anywho i mean this is the fandom that i hear there is like a wincest as a ship yeah which is like so maybe incest is okay in supernatural i don't know sound off in the comments i guess <laughs> or don't <laughs> like okay i just i personally don't get it i understand a lot of people ship it and like you know good for you I, for me personally, I I don't see it. I'm not going to say, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that. Like, it's fictional. I get it. Like, do what you want. I personally don't understand it. But also, it's not like it doesn't happen in other media, like Game of Thrones. It was like a major plot point. Yeah. So I don't know why people make such a big, like, oh my god, like, la la la, specifically for supernatural shipping, because I'm like, okay. But, like, it's not like it's never been done in media before. And just because I don't like it doesn't mean, like, like, not everyone likes Destiel. I fucking adore it. Like, that doesn't mean... Like, if someone's like, oh, I don't see it, it's like, okay, I don't wow. understand how you don't see it, but, like, fair enough, I guess. You're really outing yourself now, Zahela. Well, look, it's not like I was hiding it. <laughs> but, you know, I just feel, I don't get Wincess, but other people don't get Destiel, so, like, I don't know, live and let live. Just don't, like, fight with me, I guess. Like, don't be mean to me. And so, I won't be new mean task to you. for you, if you are listening to this, fight with her in the comments don't about Destiel. Don't fight with me? No, did you, you don't know what you're invoking by saying that. Like, genuinely, I'm going to cut that out. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> That's no, a leave terrible it all in. idea. Leave, leave it all in, including the warning of, like, I'm going to cut this all out. Because <laughs> A-plus content, first no, of all. No, I'm scared. And second don't of all. You, okay, I'm in the fandom, and I've seen it firsthand. You don't know what you're asking for. You know, sometimes you just got to wave a red flag in front of the bull and just, like, run like hell and hope it works. Or you just don't. And you go home and you have a nice afternoon with a cup of tea and a book and you leave the pool ball in peace and also you don't die. Third option. <laughs> we don't post it in the original episode. We keep all of this segment for later when we release outtakes from our first season that we've oh, released. we can make it a Patreon exclusive. Yeah. So we can get that dough. Because, oh you know, okay. clearly we are riveting. So many oh, people are going to want to pay us to do this. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Um, okay, is so it my turn ha- to provide the segue this time? Yeah, I don't know how to pick up from that. You don't know how to pick up from that? Okay, I'm I'm just going to dive straight into the fact that the US Wildlife Service is a really fucking weird cover. Yeah! I also thought that, again, like with the last, last yeah. week I was talking about, they've just got a fucking ID for everything. Yeah. What gets me, though, is later in the episode, it gets even weirder again. Because their cover is US Wildlife Service. And then they're asking about how somebody 
drowned in a sink. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so I was like, your cover is no longer relevant here. Like, it's like, oh yeah, we're US wildlife, but also we moonlight as FBI agents. Oh, uh, no, it's so funny. It would make more sense if they were just posing as FBI agents. I don't know why you would go with your cover being the US Wildlife Service. I mean, I guess it made sense for their initial reason to be there. And once you've picked an Elias, you can't exactly just change it halfway Did you through. say Elias? Yeah. It's an alias. You know when you read something and you like think you know how to say it? <laughs> Apparently, I don't know how to say alias. I think it's Elias. Well, look, it's a learning curve for everybody here. I can't um, believe you've never heard alias. Well, I probably have, but I I don't know. I just read it as Elias. Oh, well. That's in there now. That's fine. Okay, um, continue no, like, on. Yeah, you can't... It made sense as to why they were there originally to pick that as the alias. So I can understand, like, obviously you can't just change that halfway through. They can't be like, oh, well, actually, we're also murder investigators as well. One thing I appreciate about Supernatural in general is that the monsters aren't... Uh, most of the time they are, but they aren't always depicted as the villains. And, like, in this case, it was, like, yeah, okay, like, this ghost is, like, killing people, but also you can can understand its thought process. Yeah. You know, and, like, we get to see his mum and how distraught, obviously, she was that her son went missing and she never, ever got a body. She never got an answer. She never got anything. Like, and she says in the episode, you know, that she just never knew what happened. I want to know what actually happened to the body, though. Because they, yeah. the sheriff said that they let it sink, but, but that's not how science works with gases and yes. decomposition. But and you've also got to remember that they've recently done multiple sonar sweeps of that lake. Yeah, and you think that if the body did genuinely sink, they the sonar sweeps would have picked would up bones, pick even though up. it's old. You yeah, would although think by the time you're looking at like they would be looking for something silt. moving, and yeah, it would have been like. Well, at least But they dredged years. the lake. So it's I'm just sort of like, you've dredged this lake multiple times in the last couple of months and nothing's yeah. come up, like, at all. This segues lovely into another question I had about the episode, which yeah. is, why is it when they drown in the lake, they do not find the bodies, but they find the bodies when they drown in the sink? Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, the idea with, um, like, the lake is it's, like, this huge mass. So I guess, like, the spirit could be hiding the body within the water. Like, I mean, in the... Uh, Woman in White episode, we didn't have, like, they didn't find mm. the body either. So I guess, you know, we talked but about to Bob, be fair, the, uh, though, the janitor coming to help out. Like, maybe this is another one of Bob's cases, you know, maybe he's dragging the bodies out. But then the why, then why can Bob drag the bodies out of the lake, but not out of the house? I don't know. Maybe that's like, maybe he's like, like why you know, make vampires all of the can't victims come inside disappear without being... <laughs> Like, why make all of the bodies disappear except the ones that don't die in the lake? Yeah. It, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you would think that they'd just continue with the same MO yeah, I guess the entire time. The other thing with, like, drowning, like, in the sink, though, is that if the guy had just vanished, he would have just vanished. Like, they would have no way of knowing that he drowned because, like, everybody else, they knew that they were in the lake when they disappeared. So it, it is not out of the realm of possibility to assume that they probably drowned. Mm-hmm. Um, even, do you remember... Oh god, maybe a year ago there was that woman who was on Glee, and like yeah, Naya Rubio. Yeah, and she like tragically drowned, and it was it was a case of like she went missing, but the last place they knew she was was in the water, With and her so son and... it's like, and they found her son, so it's like it's not an unfair assumption to think well, even though she was a competent swimmer, she probably went wrong drowned and she drowned. Yeah, and like you know, unfortunately, that is what ended up being the case. So like, and also like. 
it seems like the spirit controls the water rather than necessarily controlling anything else because like even when like in when they're in the lake you can see him like reach up and grab people Mm -hmm. but when they're in the bath and in the lake as well like they're clearly held down by some kind of force or like sucked in with some kind of force but that force can't apply to anything outside of the water what gets me though okay this is another point again yeah this ghost is strong enough to flip a whole boat right Oh, yeah, the boat just goes up like nobody's business. It, it goes like five, ten meters an in the entire air. boat, and it's clear out of the water. Like, it is a significant flip. It's not just like it capsizes the boat. No, like, it flips that shit. Yeah. And then Sam is strong enough to pull her out of the bar. Yeah. Like, this ghost <laughs> that is strong enough to flip a boat is not as strong as Sam. So, like, how buff is Sam yeah. actually? Sam is... <laughs> He's, like, secretly, like, a gym junkie. He's out there, like, every morning. He goes for his runs. He has his green smoothies. Actually, this is very in character. I think the thing with that is, because that occurred to me as well, is that it's, like, because it's, like, pulled away from, like, its source of energy. Mm -hmm. So, like, in the lake, it's... And I guess this goes back to what I was saying before as well. Like, in the lake, it manifests as the spirit who can physically grab and, like... That's its, like, power source, I guess. And then the further out you get from the lake and where the body actually was and the source of the trauma was, the, like, weaker it would Mm. become, I guess. So by the time it's gone up through the pipes and, like, into the bath and then is, like, you know, separate. And it's also a smaller body of water. Mm. So I guess if you're one person trying to struggle against it, you can't. But if you have someone else who is Mm. able to help you, then that's, yeah, so that... Would. And then I assume if it was like closer into the town and closer and further again and further again, because remember the fear is that the water is going to be let out and then it's just going to be gone. Mm. So I guess the lake itself is like the significant, hub, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And so then if that dissipates or that's too widely spread, then it's sort of the power and the spirit itself, I guess, mm. is also widely spread. I actually really like this plot being only three episodes in. It is a nice way for the show to introduce the concept that sometimes the villains aren't the, the monsters. monsters, quote unquote. Like the villains are still the monsters, but it's not. Always yeah, like the he's still killing cult. people, but it's also it's and it's like oh that whole thing of like cool motive still murder. But they did that in the first episode as well because yeah. I would again mm-hmm. argue that the woman in white is not the true villain of that episode. Mm-hmm. But it's Which, like, speaking of sketchy characters, I called it early on that shit happened with, like, the sheriff and mm-hmm. the father. Because why else would you not answer some questions from the U.S. Wildlife Service? Which, those questions, they were incredibly leading. Like, I were know. you watching that? Scene? I'm watching it and I'm going, okay, so just tell him what you think happened. Because I've actually got a psychology degree. Which means that I've done some research into eyewitness accounts and interviewing eyewitnesses yeah. of crimes. And leading questions are a terrible way to get accurate information out of anything. And they're asking these questions like, so did you see a hand come up and grab (laughs) them? Did you see a figure under the water? Have you seen any drag marks around the, like, the edge of the, like, it's like just, like, could you be more, like, leading (laughs) in your questions? I think a lot of that is, like, for the audience to, like, understand, like, what they're looking for. Because they do that a lot in, like, later episodes. They ask about, like, sulfur is one specifically. It's like, oh... Do you, it was there like a sulfur smell because that's like a sign of like you know various nefarious activities mm. you know that's a very specific and it's like well if you were there and you're like oh something smelled kind of gross but like you couldn't necessarily identify it if someone said then oh did you smell sulfur you might be then like yes <laughs> even but if you didn't necessarily a less but, leading question would be 
Did you notice any strange smells? I mean, that is one they use a lot as well. But no, it's uh, it's funny. Sometimes they'll be very vague, like, you know, anything weird, anything strange. And sometimes they'll be straight up like, was there a cold spot? And it's like a, a 50-50 which one they go with. I did want to talk about Dean and Lucas. I was wondering what you thought about his interactions with Lucas. Lucas being a little kid in the episode. Look, I enjoyed the interactions between Dean and Lucas. I didn't enjoy the way it was framed, though. Because it was very much framed not so much as Dean's going to be kind to this kid because he's been through a lot. And he, like, I knew right away that obviously he'd seen the monster. Like, there's a reason why this kid is... Traumatised. Traumatised. The way they framed it was very much sort of like I'm using the kid to kind of hit on the mother sort of framing. And it's like, but if you actually, I don't think that would have been his motivations there. Yeah. So it's like it makes him look worse as a character when in reality he was sort of trying to get information out of what would have been a key witness and it could have showcased how gentle and kind he was to the child without this weird undercurrent of like he's kind of hitting on the mum and then that's not really helped by the fact that at the end of the case she kisses him. I think like it's interesting that you say that because like obviously at like the start like he was like hitting on her and like yes. the whole like wow kids are great aren't they and like mm-hmm. Sam even calls him out and he's like yeah. Dean name three kids you even fucking know like yeah. and that's like a like a little bit of a nice little comedic break obviously mm-hmm. like the brothers just giving each other shit but I do think that once they realize like or once Dean learns that it was like her husband that died on mm-hmm. the lake I do think that that is like he's not hitting on her anymore. Yeah. It's like he genuinely is like, oh, no, this kid has been through a trauma that actually I've also been through, not in the same way, but in a very similar sense. Like, we both were about the same age. We both watched a parent die in a traumatic, unexplicable way. And, like, he even mentions in the episode that, like, when he was, he's like, I didn't want to speak either. Like, and so it gives you an insight into, like, maybe what Dean would have been like in the weeks or months after Mary died, which... Even in, like, Sam mentions, he's like, I didn't know that, you know. And I think it's really nice the way that they've kind of put it in there. Because, like, you're right. Like, Mm -hmm. Dean is, like, 100%. We talked about this in the last two episodes. He's framed as, like, this, like, ladies' man, like, suave, like, whatever, you know, just, like, is looking to get laid kind of playboy, I guess. And then to put him in this different context, which shows, like, actually, like, he was straight up traumatized as, like, a kid. And, you know, he still hasn't fully come to terms with it because there's still not been any closure Mm -hmm. I guess like they still don't know why Mary's dead they still don't know how she died they still don't really understand who what why how and now they can't find their dad either despite the fact he knows all about this about the supernatural Mm. he's still got so many questions considering his own personal experiences with the supernatural which was ultimately what drive the transition to Hunter's I think it could have been a really lovely journey to transition from that more flirty sort of, like he's clearly just trying to hit on her, to realising that her and her son are actually victims in In this this scenario, to treating them with kindness and respect and decency. And then it just sort of is undercut by the fact that they made this decision to still have her kiss him before he leaves. Yeah, I know, I agree. Because I think it's a really beautiful, like... Like you say, like a transition of going from like, he's just like kind of hitting on her to being like, oh, actually, no, like this is a not an appropriate situation. And also I empathize entirely with this child and I genuinely want to help him. And it's a really humanizing journey. And then it's just kind of weird to have them sort of backtrack on that journey. Yeah. Like just a little bit. And it's... And also like she kisses him on the mouth. 
Yeah. And I'm like, we we know that your husband very recently died. And that's like, it would be different if it was like a kiss on the cheek Cheek. kind of thing. And they literally did the same thing the last episode. Mm. Like they had the the grieving girl at at the end. And it was sort of like, she was just trying to like show her like thanks or whatever. But But it's weird. It's weird. And it's also like, I love in Supernatural a really good way to like, figure out, like, was this gesture a normal, friendly gesture or a romantic gesture, mm. is to replace one character with another. If she had done the same thing to Sam, would it have made sense? And the answer is no, because there was no build-up between her and Sam at the start. There was no Sam flirting with her at the start. But so it's not, it's I not think a I'd friendly be okay gesture. with the kiss if it was with Sam, though, because... They're actually, they actually show Sam and the grieving widow actually talking while Dean's dealing with the kid. That's true. So for me, it would actually have made more sense if it was Sam because it's like Dean literally treated her like an object at the start mm. and hasn't really spoken with her overly that much since because he's been dealing with the, with the kid. kid. I guess. And I'm... Sam's been the entire time talking to her like a human being. <laughs> yeah. He's, also, Sam's the one who saves her in the bathtub. So for me, it would actually have made more sense if it was Sam. Yeah. She actually knew Sam more than she knew Dean. Why would she have kissed Dean? Like, all Dean did was be nice to her kid. I guess so. Like, that's my point, though. Like, Dean was really nice to her kid. And also, by the end of the episode, he's talking again. I think that's more to do with the fact he's no longer possessed by a ghost. Because he wasn't fully possessed, but, like, he was definitely picking up on the spirit's anger and energy. And, and... like, he had that, like, sort of psychic connection to it. Yeah. Mm. But I guess, like, she, Dean was the only one who could get him to interact with him at all. He was just, the kid was just kind of ignoring sort of everyone else, just off in his own world. But, like, he would bring Dean the pictures and he would respond to Dean. Mm. So I guess, like, as from, like, a parent's perspective, and to be fair, I'm not a parent, I can imagine that for her, seeing her kid better, you know, in the sense that he's now, like, sort of closer to his usual self from before the trauma, I can understand how she would be just so grateful for that. Like, it was nice. The gesture was nice that they, like, brought the food or whatever and, like, thank you. And, like, that was really sweet and nice and a good way to end it. And I think a kiss on the cheek would have been appropriate there. Yeah. But it's just – it's a full kiss on the mouth. And in front of the kid. Yeah, and I'm really confused as to why they made that decision. Yeah, it just seems a bit odd. And, like, to be fair, it doesn't seem like – it's not, like, a passionate, like, kiss that's going anywhere. And it it is, like, a very, like, just, like, a thank you and goodbye. But – it's not how you say thank you and goodbye to someone that you don't know. So I feel like, yeah, it's just, I didn't love that either. But I did really, really love Dean's interaction with Lucas. And I liked that it sort of, I said before, but it gives you an insight into how Dean may have been after Mary's incident. And also the fact that Sam had no idea, you know. And like, we also know now that Dean saw Mary burn. Like, it wasn't like a, he was in the room and he didn't see anything like no he saw his mum burning to death on the ceiling and that's not something that as you know you mentioned in the first episode i think at four you remember stuff that's not something that he's ever gonna forget yeah i also found it kind of weird in the scene where dean is confessing like we're well, not confessing but he's talking about his experience with his mother's death they sort of lure him out to focus entirely on sam seems like a weird point to focus on sam in that monologue But also, I do think when they then focus back on Dean, it really introduced Sam to the blurry lifestyle, and that's what he was (laughs) chasing in season 15. You're right. They brought back Jenny the Vampire and blurry, blurry relationships with Sam. Sam's blurry life. Yeah. (laughs) No, 
I agree. I think that, like, obviously, like, Dean was going through a moment there, and it does kind of seem weird that they wouldn't focus that on him, especially because Jensen is so talented mm. when it comes to those really emotional scenes, and, like, you'll see that. Like, if you're not already seeing that, you will see that. I think it's more because that was not just a point of, like, where Dean is opening up about it, which is mm. rare, but it's also an emphasis on the fact that Sam is only just now learning this information. So I guess it's more of, like, a Sam reaction shot. And obviously it wasn't a huge reaction in terms of like he didn't go <gasps> and his eyes didn't fly open and his yeah. eyebrows didn't go off his face. But, you know, I think that's the purpose of it was just to be like emphasize like, oh, Sam is learning this yeah. at the same time as the audience is learning this. To me, they also do have that moment, though, at the end of the confession where yeah. Sam goes, you never told me any of that. It's like. Yeah, it's the real, like you, you said. You focused yeah. on the reaction shot to show us that Dean had never told Sam this. Why would you focus on Sam in that shot then when, you know, Jensen Ackles is acting his little goddamn heart out? Yeah. <laughs> and is doing, you know, a, it was actually a really lovely scene. Like, yeah, the acting incredible. is great in that scene. But it's just, it doesn't make sense for me. The point when they shift focus back to Dean doesn't make sense. Yeah, it seemed like a, an odd choice. But like, like I said, I think mm. that's kind of what they were going for. And yeah, they do reiterate it later, but... I think that's also a matter of they wanted to show like Sam realizing, but also I guess if you were in that situation, like if I revealed something incredibly traumatic to you, like you would have a like, oh, expression, but then you would probably ask me about it. Like you'd have a follow up question. And obviously in that moment, it's not an appropriate time for Sam to be like, weird that you never told me about that. Like, you know, the thing that gets me though is it's not real life. Like, yes, in real life, you would have that reaction, but also it's a TV show. My sort of vibe and my weird feeling I'm getting isn't related to the fact that they showed Sam's reaction. It's the fact the points at which they showed Sam's reaction or weird points to show Sam's reaction. They then have Sam reiterate it anyway. Yeah. Verbally. So it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, It is a really interesting scene and it's a really interesting insight into both Sam and Dean's characters and like there's lots that you can read between the lines especially like obviously you know we had a lot last week where I was like oh this and this and this and you were like yeah but I haven't seen the rest of the show so I'll try not to get into it too much but as someone who has seen the rest of the show and knows specifically more about like John for example and his parenting and I think if you look back on this scene once you get to the end of this first season or even actually once you've watched the first episode of season two it makes more this sense scene, why they focus the... This scene will hit you in a different way. Having the context of... More context of what their family dynamic was like mm. and how Dean and Sam remember their childhoods. Um, I think that will influence your opinions, but <laughs> I digress. This is sort of like a pointless aside, but I did want to point out that there are Elias's aliases my apologies (laughs) that their aliases were agents ford and hamill um did you pick up on that no because i was just focusing the fact that they still use sam and dean yeah (laughs) no dean almost always like almost exclusively is the one who comes up with their aliases and i always pay attention to them because they're always references to like pop culture Mm -hmm. and it's a really fun little like Diddy because it's always going to be something that he enjoys or that he is a fan of and so it's like a fun way to learn about his likes and like interests without devoting screen time to it so like it's just I wanted to put it out there because I thought it was a fun little like bit about him being a Star Wars fan (laughs) they look so surprised when the sheriff calls them out on it I guess they're not used to cops being competent yeah you know 
like this is what we were saying at like the start of the episode like they're used to them being like hi we're from the fbi and people being like well if you say you're from the, the FBI, fbi i guess you must be <laughs> yeah like they are not u.s wildlife stars. it is yeah very- especially not agents ford and hamill. hamill like it's not like star wars is niche no like- <laughs> and it's not like they've gone with a niche aspect of star wars either yeah it's like you've gone for harrison ford and mark hamill that's like the main two characters and they're very distinctive last names as well they're not yeah it's so not like, like they've gone with like a doctor who theme where their last names are like Smith and Tennant or like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like no, it's very specifically Star Wars. Yeah. And like all the people they're interacting with are their age and will be very aware of Star Wars. Yeah. But I will say, I do appreciate first three episodes have had a very consistent theme of all cops are bad. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. Like the first episode, the cops just straight up incompetent. Kind of useless, yeah. The second episode there wasn't really cops involved at all. Yeah, it was just like the dude who was taking them on the tour. tour. And he doesn't, he's, he wasn't right. like an officer. But like, yeah, and in this one it's like, well, they were the competent, com- but he was a murderer. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I do enjoy that so far, like, they seem to not be really treating, like, police with any sort of respect. There will be, there's an episode, I believe it is season two, that involves a prison. And I think you will really appreciate, there's a specific bit of dialogue between Sam and Dean, where they sort of have a bit of an argument, and I think you will appreciate it. For those of you who, who know what I'm talking about, I hope you know what I'm talking about. I hope I'm not being, like, super vague. Um, it's really hard trying to be like, oh, like, yeah, that'll come into play later on. In down a the track. way that I can't tell you about. Yeah. But also, a police station is not a childcare centre. Yeah, I had that note as well. I was like, what do you mean you're going to pick him up at three? You're just going to leave him at the police station? To do what? I mean, he's colouring. He's got his crayons. But I'm also like... Where he's drawing the bike of the kid you murdered. Yeah. Do you reckon, like, um, Lucas has ever, like, drawn the bike and and she's like, oh, do you want to give that to your grandpa? And the grandpa's just like, like that vine about the kid with the avocado who's like, oh, a bike. Thanks. And he's just having, like, a war flashback. I think it's time for a PSA. Are you ready for a PSA? Oh, if you're ready for a PSA. Okay, I'm going to go all the way back to the start of the, the scene. I, I can guarantee you, you okay. are not about to pick what my PSA is. Okay. okay? I've got no idea. Wait, is it wear life jackets? No. Is it slip, slop, slap? No. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop trying to guess. Look, the episode's so dark, sunburn is not an issue. It is, if you are a waitress working in food and hospitality, wearing short shorts to work is an occupational health and oh safety and issue. tank top as well. I'm like, you've got a deep fryer back there, I know it there is no way you don't have a deep fryer back there you are gonna end up with third degree burns it is a very niche psa but if you work in food health and safety like any sort of food based industry as we both have (laughs) as we both have in the past this is the psa take occupational health and safety seriously yeah do not wear inappropriate clothing to work it is not worth it yeah there's a reason why it's like enclosed steel cap shoes and it's not like because it's sexy <laughs> look you may not get hit on by the creepy dude who's passing through town but, but do you really want to be hit on by the creepy dude pass like i think that sounds like a good win-win it's a win-win this yeah. is this is our psa segment for the day i agree with your psa what a wonderful psa <laughs> and you had no idea what i was going for this no, is why i, I left it to last Oh, and this is your if, note from earlier. If I <laughs> if I wait to the last minute, she's going to completely forget that I said I had a note that I wanted to cover later on, and I can blindside you with some occupational health and safety PSA. Oh, I wanted to ask you about this because I really want your opinion. Okay. When I'm ready. the guy drowns in the sink. Yes. 
what were your thoughts on the glass bottom tank view? Look, I actually had a note that I was about to bring up next oh, okay. that ties in really <laughs> neatly to this, which is... We're on the same wavelength. I think the special effects they used in this episode were really good. Oh my god, are you being positive? You liked something. Oh, Jamie, you're growing. But... <laughs> it's happening. But, it's happening. She's learning to love it. You've got to wait for the but. Look... As a whole, I I was at the end of the episode. I was so ready to be like, yes, they use so many practical effects in this episode. Yeah. The special inf- effects, because they were all practical in this episode. Except the boat. Except for the boat. They were a vast improvement yeah. to the previous episodes where they've had, you know, burning imagery, where they haven't done it practically, and then the fake fire is very obvious that it's fake fire. I mean, to be fair, even in the Hunger Games movies, which had, like, huge budgets and were way more recent... Still very obvious it was fake fire. But then they did the scene at the end in the lake and they just had to show us the ghost face. And the special effects makeup, I look, I don't want to disparage anyone in their craft. I actually didn't mind it. I didn't think it was awful. I wish they'd gone for a more rotted look. Like at oh, the moment you wanted it to be more like decomposed. Yes, okay. Because it doesn't look decomposed at all. It looks yeah. kind of like bad Halloween makeup. I guess they still wanted it to be recognisable as the kid. But they've already beaten it into us that, that the, it is, it the, is kid. the kid. So yeah. I think they could have gone for not necessarily a more glory route, mm. but they could have definitely gone for a more like decomposed sort of look. Yeah. Like maybe he has like algae growing on him or something. Versus just because it... More like it, Davy Jones. Yeah. Yeah. It just <laughs> sort of... Causing. It just sort of looks like they've just painted the actor's face white and then they've just done like the, the, the sunken eyes. in yeah. cheekbone sort of look. Do you know what I did really love? And this episode was more creepy. I feel like the, mm. the factor was more creepy than mm. it was like scary. Mm. And I think a lot of like horror that includes kids is. I really loved when the cop sees it was just from like the middle of the nose up of the kid's head out of yeah. the water. And, like, that's when the cop's like, oh, my God, it actually is yeah. this kid that I killed. And I think the special effects was makeup very they effective. used for that scene was better than the one that you see the shot where the he's water. actually dragging it down under the water. And they concentrated on making the makeup look good for that one section of the scene. Yeah. And then you look at the other section and you're just sort of like... It felt like there was no emotion in the body. And I kind of liked that. Like, it was just like... It just came across as very dead, mm. I guess. Like, it came across as very cold. There was nothing left of him. I really liked that, whether or not it looked like he had decomposed as such or not. And you could argue that maybe it was, like, the fact that he was a spirit. Like, spirits tend not to look decomposed. They tend mm. to look like how they were when they died. So I, I guess you could argue that because it was not necessarily the actual corpse, it yeah. was the spirit then that would be why But then why would you make it look... I think then it would be creepier again to go in the opposite direction and do basically no special effects makeup on this kid. If it's not meant to reflect the state of the physical body, Mm. why did they go to that weird half place? You know what I mean? I just sort of wish they hadn't done it at all and made it super-duper creepy by just having the kid look exactly the, the way he did the day he died or go all the other way and be sort of like, his body has been rotting for 60 years. Especially in water too, yeah. advanced decomp. But I guess by that point, it'd just kind of be a skeleton. Yeah. So I sort of wish <laughs> Which they... would have looked so stupid. Like, can you imagine if it was just a skeleton? Like, 
Like if we if they okay, done so we that, found we a worse option. We would have made fun of it if it had just been a skeleton, because you know it would have been like one of those ones from like your year eight science class where it's got like the detachable like organs and stuff, yeah. and it would have just been like on fishing wire. I like I said, I actually didn't mind the like drag down into the water bit. I thought that it was really creepy. Like I found, I thought that the like the minimalism was effective personally. But one thing that did kind of make me laugh was when the cop is being like dragged under or whatever. He's like waving did you notice like he's straight up is like actually waving like i mean i'm literally waving right now no one can see but like it's just like how you wave like when you're a kid you wave at a bus or something like it's i was just thinking he was making the like, queen of geneva proud <laughs> waving oh, to yeah. the crowd. julie andrews like oh yes <laughs> thank you for being here today i think that some of the choices they made this episode were really goddamn weird in terms of the direction on an intellectual level but also like an emotional level like I'm just looking at this episode and I'm like, this episode could have hit so much harder. I mean, I guess that's always the way. Like, that's the other thing with, like, because it is art and it's like we're we're reviewing art, as it were. And, well... it's a bit of a stretch. Well, technically, it's an art medium. It's film. You know what I mean? Like, and the thing about art is that it's subjective. So, like, you know, this is going to be a running theme, I guess, is that I really look at it and I'm like, yeah, I really liked this. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like really good. I thought that the emotional points were emotional. I felt like the parts that were supposed to be humorous were humorous. Then there's um, obviously like you're looking at it and you have a different subjective opinion. And so like, and that's okay. Like that's kind of the point is that everyone interprets it differently. That's what makes it fun <laughs> because you get to have arguments like this, like, oh, well, I thought it should have been this. It's like, oh, well, like I thought it should have been this. And that's like half of the, the joy of in- interacting with it is that everybody interprets it differently. One last note that we haven't. Oh, actually, I've got two. Oh, I have. I found. I found my note. You found your note. I found my note. What's your note? When she's filling the bathtub. That's the note I was just gonna bring up. <laughs> the yes. bathtub is like an inch from the top, I know. and she's, and she's like still filling it. She's it's still running, and she's closed her eyes. I'm like, bitch, you're gonna flood your entire house. What? My note is literally like the bath is too full. Oh my god, Andrea. Because like, what is she doing? Why like, are you that? insane? I mean, look, we come from Australia. We are fully aware that other parts of the world do not have things like water restrictions. But here in Australia, when it's summer, especially when it's been a period of drought, we have these things called water restrictions. And basically, you can't do things like shower for more than five minutes a day or water your garden or do any of these things. You can't wash your car. And like to the point where if you do those things, your neighbors will call the water company and like dob you in and in they will Australia, come the police will come and tell you off for washing your car in australia snitches don't get stitches they get respect from the neighborhood for stopping someone from wasting so much goddamn water yeah like it's genuinely like a concern and so i'm watching this going not only is this so stupid not only are you going to flood your bathroom but also oh my god that's such a waste of water what the fuck are you doing <laughs> Oh, God. And, like, also all these drownings. Like, you just found out someone drowned in a sink and you're like, I've got a great idea. I'm going to take a nice relaxing bath. With no one home except my four-year-old traumatized child. Genius. Like, and I like her character a lot. I think she was actually a pretty solid, like, you know, once-off character. Until she kisses him at the end. And, again, like, I really enjoyed, like, the journey sort of of her just continuously turning Dean down while he's flirting with her. And then Dean... Yeah, I love she calls him out on it, too. Like, you know, struggling to find your way to a good pickup line. And then she's like, lol, bye. But... No, she's just filling this bath. And it's so goddamn full. I know. The anxiety. Like, I was more concerned. This is stupid, but like watching that bath be filled up, I was like more concerned about that overflowing than, than I the was about demon, like, the death that was imminent. 
the funny part is like the water hadn't even gotten dark. Oh, if she had just turned, turned up the, the tap, tap, she would have been fine. Wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah. Would not have been an issue. She would have just had a lovely bar, happy days. But no, no, no. She had to waste the water. So she deserves to die. Full stop. That's it. <laughs> the neighbors be like, they had their sprinklers on at two a.m. Time to go to prison. <laughs> So you had another note you said. I'm feeling like I don't have too much more to say. So here's the thing. There was some foreshadowing that I picked up on in the episode that I had just hadn't noticed before. And I don't want to specify it because you wouldn't know that it's foreshadowing. But so I now got we're going to play really, a game of how vague can Bethany get. I got really, really t- excited and I wrote my note in all caps because okay. it was just something that I was like, oh my God, I... I just never picked up on this before. Look, I've already absorbed a lot of spoilers, and just because I have the spoilers in my brain doesn't mean I actually know what they mean. I may not be infected with supernatural brain rot, but I unfortunately follow a lot of people on Tumblr who are infected with supernatural brain rot. Like me, yeah. And it's sort of like, because I enjoy the rest of the content they post, I haven't unfollowed them, but I've put up up with it. quite a few spoilers over the years, but I have no idea what any of them mean. This, I don't think you would know about because it's mm. and it's pretty plot significant so i don't want to spoil it but for anyone who's watching or watching who's listening who's watched the episode recently the conversation in the car right before they look at the picture that has the church in it you can't go rewatch the episode because it's against your morals <laughs> so i know that Unless you specifically remember the exact wording of that conversation, you shouldn't be able to figure out what I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure that's the scene. I just got really excited because in that conversation, there was some foreshadowing about a plot line specifically from season two. And if you all have seen the show before, you should know what I'm talking about. And I just had never noticed that particular bit of foreshadowing before. And I don't even know if it was intentional or if it was just a throwaway line that then became relevant. But I got so excited and Jamie's looking at me like she has no idea what I'm talking about, which is a good sign, actually. If I find out that you've gone back and watched this scene and you try and figure out what my foreshadowing is that I've just no, tried I, so hard to not spoil I you. I don't think I'm going to do that simply because I don't really care. Um. Oh, one thing I did want to ask you about. We've talked a lot about Dean, obviously, in this episode. It, a lot of the focus is on Dean and the relationship he builds with Lucas. I had a note that was basically at the start, Sam is so passive-aggressive. Oh, my God. Like, he's so mad about them, like, not really looking for John or whatever. And Dean, I like, think I actually had a note about this. And I was just wondering, before we go an entire episode without talking about Sam, because obviously he is still very important to the story, what are your thoughts with Sam at the minute? I know I asked you this last episode, but, like, he I'm continues to, to be a bit of a whiny baby. Yes, he's very passive-aggressive. And he's doing this thing of, like, blaming Dean for them not finding their dad. And it's like, you've literally said, like, the trail's going cold. It's like, what are you, what are you meant to do about? Like, yeah. what's your suggestion? Where do you think they... What do you think they should do to speed up this investigation process to find the dad? Yeah. But it doesn't have an idea. He just wants Dean to fix it. It's like, but that's not... Like, you yourself have just admitted there's nothing that you can really do. The trail is going cold. You don't have any leads to follow currently. And now you're getting pissy because Dean doesn't magically have some leads that you don't. And it's, like, I. it's also that, like, sort of dynamic again where it's, like, showing, like, they're siblings, but also Dean is definitely, like, in the senior... Senior? Senior. (laughs) Senior Dean. (laughs) He's... Oh, God, Spanish already. No, he, um... 
Like, he's clearly in, like, the senior role, as it were, in terms of, like, no, like, this is what we're going to do. He's definitely the older sibling. He's definitely the older sibling, yeah. And it's also, like, his dad voice comes out a little bit, and he's just like, no, Sam, this is actually what we're going to do. I don't have time for your attitude. You think I don't want to find dad? Like, what the fuck? You wouldn't even know dad was goddamn missing. If it wasn't for me If it wasn't for me you. coming to find yeah, you. and literally dragging you. Kicking me. and screaming to go and investigate what happened to our father. Yeah, and like obviously, and now you're gonna lecture me by, because I'm not doing enough to try and find when there's no leads for me to follow. We are trying to decode yeah, the journal exactly. as we go. Mm-hmm. We are trying to work out what happened. We're trying to work out where he even went. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm definitely like Dean is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Like he just is. It's it's got to be between him and Cass. Like it's a really hard. It's a very hard line to draw who is, like, my favourite favourite, but it's not Sam. And, like, that sounds really mean. I do really love Sam as a character. I think he's fantastic, and I think he's got a lot of uh, complexity and depth. You know, he's really fun and interesting and, you know, all those good things. But especially in, like, this first, you know, couple episodes, they really do show a lot of Dean's emotional complexities Mm -hmm. and depth. And Sam's just kind of mad. And it's kind of, it feels very one-dimensional. And it's like a weird, it's a very interesting angle they've chosen for, for me anyway that I find is that they seem to be pushing Dean as a really complex character mm. and Sam as a really one-dimensional character. And it's like you would think that they would try and match it. I think you know? what doesn't help is I think if you put Sam in sort of any other context, where he's not contrasted against Dean, mm. he would seem like a much more complex character. Because he does still have, like, depth. Complexities, yeah. still have complexities. It just feels imbalanced. Yeah, it, it's just because they've gone so hard with Dean that Sam looks worse by comparison. Yeah. Like, he does actually have a significant amount of depth. It's just not as much as Dean. Yeah. So it looks like nothing. Makes him come off very one-dimensional because he's nowhere near as complex as Dean. In reality, it's sort of like Dean is an outlier. Mm. Like, no one else is getting this complexity. It's just Dean. It's very much like he has somehow become the main character Mm. in a show about two main characters, and it's happened within three episodes. Mm. Like, it's really interesting to watch, and I, I find it interesting that you've also come to that conclusion because that is something that's kind of like or at least in the side of fandom that I've seen, is talked about a fair bit, which is, like, it's very interesting that considering the show is about the brothers and they really stress in all the PR and stuff that the show is about the brothers together as a unit, the character that the audience tends to be pushed towards the perspective of tends to be Dean. And that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of Sam's perspective in there and it doesn't mean there's not a lot of time devoted to, like, things for Sam's character and stuff. It just seems to be that if you look by comparison, a lot of, especially in like this first season, it's just sort of like, you just get so much more emotional depth into Dean's history than you do into Sam's. Mm -hmm. And I guess part of that is sort of like earlier, we were saying like Sam is learning information at the same time as the audience. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's actually more so like you're from Sam's perspective, learning about Mm -hmm. who your brother is after having not seen him for a couple of years and having been much younger when you were growing up. It feels like they've kind of purposely made Sam bland so that he could be an audience standing. I've never, like, thought about it that way before, but kind of, yeah, because Sam is learning all these things about Dean's past at the same time as we are. And if you also think about it from the perspective of Dean's the one who you see, like, pop culture, etc. through. So it's more the relatable. music is Dean's choice. Mm-hmm. The aliases are Dean's choice. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of the film and TV references they make in the episodes are deemed. So it's sort of like they're purposely not giving you any information about like what Sam is like as a person and what his interests are so that anyone can relate to Sam. You would think that these first few episodes would be pretty Sam heavy, but really they're quite Dean heavy. And I just, um, I wanted to know where you were at with his sort of character. Yeah, that was my, uh, my last note for today. That so, was it. What's, what's next episode? Number four, uh, The Phantom Traveler. I have fond memories of it. That doesn't bode <laughs> well for me. I, I, I've seen the first season so many times. I've rewatched it with so many people getting them into it so like I watched it myself and then I watched it with my mom and then I watched it with my roommate and now I'm watching it with you and like I've watched it myself like doing rewatches before I like the episode it's in some new concepts which will be fun for you to learn I think about like the way that the supernatural beings and like supernatural world kind of exists 